Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Preacher, what do you think about on Sunday morning? God, you, the Bible, and the Sunday mornings are one of the most unpleasant times for a preacher. Why? Because we're all wound up and we want to make sure we preach the right thing and we're, we're concerned about people. You know, pastors carry the burden of people on their heart. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I believe you need the right burdens in your life. Amen. You need the right connections. You need the right purposes. So let's look at Mark chapter 2 and verse 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy or the paralyzed lay. And using a portion of that, and when they had broken it up. And I would like to preach on the thought of a message, the power of broken things. The power of broken things. Or God uses broken things. I'll ask you this question, but maybe you you have a a quick answer. Are broken things good or bad? And they're bad. My car is broke. I'm broke, you know. And you think of broken marriages, broken promises, and they're bad, right? Well, those things are are bad, right? In Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3, I'd like to share with you a verse of Scripture. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. He had a message for his people. And he said, break up your fallow ground. Now, fallow ground is ground that has not been cultivated or turned up. It just sat and, and laid there and there's, there's weeds growing up and grass. And, and God said, break it up. And he said, so not among thorns. So if you go talk to a farmer and you're talking about ground that's been tilled up and uh, the nutrients which lay in that soil are exposed and they're ready to receive seed, a farmer will be like, yeah, broken ground, ground that I can just go, that's good. Maybe you talk to a builder and maybe you're building a house from the ground up. You know what the first thing they do is? They break the ground. It's like, oh, have they broken ground yet? Broken ground is a good thing. And let me tell you, in this climate, it takes a lot longer to do anything when it comes to construction. The supply chains are messed up. So what about to a rancher? If he has a horse that's wild or a broken horse? A broken horse? To a rancher, you know what a broken horse is? It's a horse that has been subdued and all that power has been put into control and they call it meeking a horse and making that horse able to be ridden by a rider how about broken bad habits have you ever had a new car let me tell you you have to break in your engine have you ever heard that well at least do they still do that in new cars you're not supposed to drive real fast. Why? Because that engine isn't broken in yet. If you just go drive like you stole it, you're going to mess your engine up. You've got to break in. It's called a breaking in, period. Well, you know what? If you've ever had one of those mitts that you catch the baseball with, 
You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to break in that mitt. They, they oil it and they punch it. You ever seen baseball players go around and punch that mitt and they open and close it and open and close it? What are you doing? I'm breaking it in. Or you can just be cheap and not buy one. I was teaching my daughter to throw a baseball and she has a mitt and I don't. And let me tell you, she whips that ball. There's a reason why they wear those mitts. It hurts to catch a baseball. <laughs> How about breaking through a glass ceiling? How about breaking out of prison? Or just making a break for it? Breaking cannot just be a negative thing. It can be a positive thing. God uses broken things. There's a truth. You know, before something can be made useful in God, something must be broken. Remember that rich young ruler? He said, what do I do to receive eternal life? He's like, man, I'm good, God. I, I'm rich. I'm young. Maybe he inherited it. I don't know, but he was like really full of himself, right? So Jesus had all the commandments and he goes, don't steal. Don't lie. He goes, oh, I've kept those. Good. I'm good. I'm good. And Jesus said, you only lack one thing. And he's probably like, woo, one thing. <laughs> God knows what God knows what, you know, money's not, a, money's not evil. People say, well, money's evil. It's not. It's a tool. In fact, it's a blessing. Amen. You ever paid your bills? What? With money. Not charity. You paid it with money. They don't want, like, thank you notes. Oh, thank you for the electricity. Right? They send you back, thank you for sending the thank you note. We're turning it off in 10 days. And then if you want it back on, send us some money with the thank you note. <laughs> money's not bad. It's a tool. But Jesus, he said, he said, you cannot serve God. And he didn't say money. You know what word he used? Mammon. What's mammon? Well, mammon implies worship. There was, it's a Chaldean word. And there was a God that kind of is deified. So it's like serving money as a thing that can do more than money really can do. You know, money can do a lot of things, but there's a lot of things money can't do. Even the Beatles weren't Christians, right? And the Beatles said, money can't buy me love. There's a lot of things that money can do. This rich young ruler said, tell me. Come on, Jesus, tell me. And he said, go sell all that you have and give unto the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And then he said, this is the most important thing. And come and follow me. All of a sudden, this rich young ruler, he wasn't very happy anymore. The Bible said that his big smile probably turned into a frown. And we know that because he went away from Jesus sorrowful. Why? Because he refused to be broken. Now, God doesn't want to take our money. God just wants us to be broken of the things that we trust in above him. God wants us to be blessed, but God must break us before he can make us. You know, some people, they throw broken things in the trash, right? Junk. Have you ever heard this? One man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's trash. You know that I believe that God throws unbroken things aside. And he calls them useless. You see, until we're broken... God says, I can't use them. They're the rich young ruler. They're trusting in their money. They're trusting in their... I remember when I was in the Marines. Uh, now, I was the same size as I am now, which is small if you're listening to this online. 150 pounds. But you see, in the Marines, you think you're bigger than you are. And you kind of walk with your chest out a little bit because you do a few pull-ups and a few push-ups and you've got your high and tight haircut. 
and, and you kind of walk like you're bigger than, it looks really, really bad, okay? I remember being in Singapore, we were on uh, a Liberty, which is uh, like a vacation kind of, and I was walking, thinking I was bad, strutting down the road, you know, really? You don't really, you do it unconsciously, right? You're trying to impress a girl, probably. And coming the opposite way, have you ever seen those bodybuilders that look like they're plastic? Like they have like a bodysuit on? And I think one had like a little pink shirt with spaghetti straps on it. it. I mean, the shirts were nothing to... But I mean, these guys were like two Arnold Schwarzeneggers with different heads. I mean, they were walking down and I began to look at myself. <laughs> that was it for that day. I'm like, look, I got competitions here. And I didn't win. You know that I believe when we see Jesus Christ, it breaks us of our pride. It breaks us of what we think we are. And we just like Isaiah, he said, woe unto me because I am undone. I thought I was something. I thought I knew something. But when I saw Jesus, then everything else just fall apart. But I'm thankful that that's the brokenness that God reuses. The first thing, use a broken roof. A broken roof. Now, a roof provides security, right, from the elements. We trust in it. In fact, you know when it's not, when it's not working because you get water in your house when it rains. Everyone experienced that? First, the, the, it gets all yellow on the top on the sheetrock, and then maybe the sheetrock falls, and then you get the drips. I've experienced that. Thank God for the roof, the roof people to come fix the roof. But the Bible says that when Jesus was preaching, there were some people that had a friend that needed something. And the Bible said they uncovered the roof where he was. They went to where Jesus was, but there was no way that they could go through the normal means, right? The door was blocked. There were people at the windows and the doors, and so they couldn't get in, but they had to get to Jesus. They had to get to Jesus. The Bible said they went up top to the roof, and they began to break up the roof. You know, if you're being broken, God is working with you. Sometimes you think, well, everything's falling apart, you know? I think when you give your life to Jesus and when God's ready, it's like we were talking to Brother Spencer about priming, you know? When God's getting ready to bless you, he kind of roughs up the surface and he shakes things up and uh, it can make you unsettled and you can try to find out, like, someone else must have a problem or someone else maybe did, but you know, God's really breaking us up. God's really working on our hearts and he's doing that because God is making something in wisdom and in beauty. God won't use something without breaking it. You see, God breaks something before he makes it. Doesn't it seem like when you get Legos, you, you make it, then you break it. God's the opposite. He breaks it and then he makes it. In fact, there was a potter that gave a message to a, a preacher. He said, go down to the potter's house. I got a message for you there. And this potter was working this thing on the wheels, and, and then it was marred. It was messed up. And it said it was marred. And so he began to take this wet clay and just break it all up. And then he made it into something beautiful. You see, God breaks, and then he makes there was, a, there was a preacher and his wife, uh, really the, the one that we read about, her name is Isabel Kuhn. It was the wife of the preacher, missionary to China. And so she put on her wall, God first. And that's a good motto. You know, that's a good motto and it's very hard to live by. Okay, it's one thing to say God first, right? It's like this person said, in God we trust, all others pay cash. <laughs> 
So they went and they got a place in China and uh, they, uh, they put the motto on their wall. God first. God first. And so the first visitors they were witnessing to about Jesus, right? And that's what we do when we're Christians. We want to talk about Jesus. So they, these peasants came in from China, from the local town. And uh, one of these visitors blew her nose and wiped it on the carpet. This is a first time visitor. <laughs> Suddenly, one young woman jumped up, holding her son away from her as she headed for the doorway and leaving a soiled wet. The kids don't wear diapers in China, okay? They just kind of hold them on the, over the ditches. Well, that's what happened with the kid. All the way out, another line on your carpet. She looked across this preacher's wife at the mess, and then her eye looked up to that model that she had hung on her wall. God first. Looking at a messy carpet. You know, we mess the carpet up here. We, we mess it up all the time in the back of the church. What is it for? It's to get messed up. Why? Well, being used and had people eating and dropping the crumbs on the floor. Thank God for all the people. What do you do then? We just take that broken carpet and we clean it up, or Brother Spencer and Brother Patterson do. And it looks Almost brand new, right? But we're thankful because uh, she began, this preacher's wife, she said, God, she began to realize it was her heart that needed to be broken. She said God first, but really wanted everything to be perfect and hers. And then she said, Lord, make this room your room. And you know, that make this, make this place your place. God, make my heart your heart and God if someone wants to put something in it or or to to you know leave a streak or something like that you know that my daughter likes to I like my car clean my daughter likes to test that so I opened up the the hood or the the trunk the other day and there were like seeds in there because we went to little Caesars and she said daddy can I eat in the back and so yes and those little cornmeal things it's all over the trunk, like, I'm, like I sowed seed there, but nothing's going to grow on that rubber mat. And, you know, I thought about that. Did you clean it up? No. I'll have to clean the car another time. But you know what? The car is a car. But the relationship that you have with your children is way more important than how clean your car is. Some things that need to be broken and sometimes you, God, this is your car. This is your church. This is your place. God, if it gets broken up or someone does something the way uh, differently than I do it, God, let me show you my heart, God, first. They broke up that roof, but the reason they broke up the roof was to get a man to Jesus. You know what's going to cost us something to bring someone to Jesus Christ? We might have to break out of our traditions. You know, some people, we like to do things a certain way. Mm, mm, mm. I'm like that. Ask my wife. I am one of those people. I like things done a certain way. And when it gets out of order, then I have to go pray. I mean, I like things to be done. There's a word for that. We won't use it, but there's a word for that where someone just likes it done a certain way. But when God breaks me of that, it's because, say, wait a second. Wait a second. It's not all about me. It's all about God. You know, it's interesting. We never read the homeowner say, get away from my roof. I just had that fixed. It's not under warranty anymore. No, but the man allowed it. You know, the man or the woman who owned the house said, you know, whatever it takes, I'll let my, 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 my normal be broken up so someone can get to Jesus. And I, can, I don't even know who fixed the roof. Maybe Brother Spencer was there. Oh, and, and Justin, right? 
Justin put the insulation in, and Spencer fire, fire foamed it and caulked it. And who did? Who did? I don't know who here does uh, framing. I don't know. Maybe uh, do you do some framing, Gunter? A gunner? No. Oh, Maybe they didn't break up the framing. But you know that the Bible says that God used this broken thing. And you know that God used this broken things. You remember when the people were hungry. They had been listening to him. And uh, they were out in the desert place. And it was growing night. And Jesus said, I don't want to send them away fasting. I see that they're, they're going to faint in the way. He said, I'm going to make something. He said, uh, what do we have to eat? And I uh, said, well, there's a, there's a little lad here. Child labor laws don't count in... It wasn't a little boy. Have you ever heard that in Sunday school? A little boy gave his lunch to Jesus. Five loaves and two fishes. No! You know what happened? Little kids go to work. Little seven-year-old kids will run in the marketplace. Uh, I used to live in Turkey, and they used to have these kids run around with a little rubber donut on their head and a big tray of, like, uh, bagels kind of looking things. And they would yell, Simit, Simit! And they would be selling these things. These were... No child labor laws over there. So kids, do they do that in Haiti? Little kids run around selling stuff? No? Okay. In Turkey, in the Middle East, they do. So this little kid was running around. He was selling some stuff. He had five loaves and two fishes. And Andrew noticed. He goes, hey, there's a little boy right here. He's selling stuff. We can, we can get the five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus said, hey, bring them to me. And then the first thing, that when you come to God, you know that the first thing they do... Jesus looked up to heaven. You know, when you need something, that's the first thing that we should do. Say, God, I need something. And then you know what he did with all of this stuff? He blessed it. You know, when you come to Jesus and everything that you give to God, God will bless it. Have you given your uh, life to God? God will bless it. Have you given your car to God? <clears throat> My car to God? Yes, because he'll bless it. I remember we were driving south on Blanding Boulevard, and I said, honey, I drive a GM. I drive a Subaru. It's not a GM. But I said, GM, Grace Miles. It's on Grace. It was way on Grace because it was like 200,000 miles on the car. And I just got new brakes, I think, and new tires. And just ahead of me, there was an accident. This car just came out of nowhere and, and smashed this other car, two totaled cars, and my wife said, I looked to the left and I looked to the right and I couldn't get out of the way, right? So I just had to lay on my brakes. And uh, I got the guy out of the car, the um, guy that was right in front of me, the airbags all over him. It was a nice Audi that was totaled. He had just gotten new tires, like just up the street at the Audi dealership. Car was totaled. It was SUV, rather. The other guy had this nice Japanese, I think it was a Lexus, totaled. Thank God everyone was okay. And here's me with my old car. <laughs> Five seconds away from that accident. So, a preacher, but you had an old car. Yeah, but my old car was the only one that came out when the smoke cleared. But you see that when you have God in your life, you have to realize that God will bless what you have. And you know that I'm thankful for the grace of Jesus Christ. It might have been an old car, brethren. It's no longer around. It was a broken car. But you know that I'm thankful. God gave us another car. But God is the one that blesses it. And after he blessed it, he did what? He broke it. He took that bread. He said, if I'm going to multiply it, I'm going to have to break this bread. I'm going to have to break it in order to make it grow. You know that a lot of times uh, Jesus says, give me your little and I'm going to bless it. Well, how am I going to bless it? I'm going to break it. I'm going to break our traditions. I'm going to break our assumptions. Have you ever had an assumption that one thing was a certain way? 
and it wasn't a certain way. It was a different way. And we built this thing up in our mind, and you're like, you know what? God, break me of that. Have you ever... Have you ever thought a certain person was a certain way? So you start thinking for them and you put your thoughts in their mind and then you begin to react to them according to how you think they're thinking. But it's not the way they're thinking. And you know, we have these broken assumptions and you know, God, I've, I've, I've thought that before. I said, God, you know, I was thinking about something about a certain person and I said, you know what, God? That's not God. That's not God. And I want to think good thoughts about, and you know what? I was right. Those, person, those people were not thinking that way, and those people were not that way. Sometimes we can put our thoughts in someone else's mind, but I'm thankful that we learned from God. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That we can't put our thoughts in somebody and say, well, maybe someone else isn't prejudiced. Maybe someone else doesn't hate us. Maybe they just look goofy when they come to church on Sunday. Don't you look goofy? I look goofy when I come to church on Sunday. I'm like thinking about the message and wondering what's going on and, and wondering where this is and why my daughter's acting a certain way. But it's not because I hate someone. I love people, but I'm thankful that God gives us a brokenness of spirit. He breaks that bread in order to multiply it. The Bible says, and when he had given thanks in Second and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he break it and he said, take eats this is my body when he breaks it he gives us sustenance and from that broken bread he fed how many five thousand men besides women and children and there was no end as god continues to break i know it's counterintuitive as he breaks us he multiplies us as he breaks us he gives us more as he breaks us he gives us more joy he gives us more peace and you know that when god takes you through something you can trust him for the next thing and when God takes you through that and fixes that thing and repairs that thing, then he's like, God, if you can do that once, you can do that again. If God can take me through once, he can do it again. And the last thing is a broken box, a broken roof, broken bread, and a broken box. God uses broken things. Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, he was eating. And there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. She broke the box and she poured it on his head. So it was a perfume and it had like a, like a seal on it, like a wax seal. She didn't break the box on Jesus' head. That's not what happened. She had this alabastro, like a marble box, right? And it contained perfume, very expensive perfume. And so she broke the top of it like a, a wax seal of some sort, and she just poured this perfume all over Jesus' head. You know that if you've ever opened something, you can't open. I, had, I opened some sugar today. Well, I couldn't use the sugar unless I broke the seal on that on that sugar. And then I poured it and it filled up the thing I was, I, I poured it in an extra container that hadn't been washed. And I was like, man, you ever poured sugar, like the white sugar. And then there's this little black flex. It looks like there's ants in it because I hadn't washed the other containers. So I'm like, goodness. But you know what? It was no good until I broke that thing open, until you break the cereal box open, until you break the milk open. You can't use it. And that God wants us to break that seal. You know that I'm thankful that God shows more with a broken seal. You know what a seal was? Not a Navy seal. But when Jesus was crucified, they put him in a tomb. 
And you know what? They sealed that tomb. They didn't use an arc welder. They didn't like, you know, like in the, in the movies where they like put like a weld around the door so they can't get out. That wasn't what they did. They sealed it. They had wax or something else. And they put this wet wax. They rolled this stone. It was like a big donut, right? And they rolled it on a track to cover this tomb where Jesus was buried after he had died on the cross. And then with string and maybe some wax, and they put the hot wax where this door had closed, and they, with a seal, whether someone had it on their ring, they pressed that seal into the wax, and that seal was the authority of Rome. Just like those trucks, they'll have those little seals on a big 40-foot truck. And you can break it with your hands, but if you break it, you're breaking the integrity of that load. And if you break the seal of Rome, there are serious consequences. If you break that seal, it wasn't that you couldn't do it physically. It was that you would suffer the consequences of breaking that authority of that seal. In fact... In the times in the Old Testament, they would have rings with a signet on them, and they, that would be their credit. That was your credit card. You'd have a seal, and you'd, you'd sign with ink or whatever, and your, your ring would have your family symbol in it, and they still have them in China, where you'd kind of roll it out, and uh, that, would, that would be your credit worthiness, and that was the sign of your family. Well, when Jesus, after three days and three nights, there was the power of broken things, the greatest power, his sister comes to the piano, is the power of that broken seal. You see, after three days and three nights, Jesus Christ wanted to show us that he wasn't just telling us to break things, that God was going to use a broken seal. Now, I don't know what it has authority in your life. You know, we talk about the authorities, the police, and there obviously people have very mixed emotions about police in 2022. But I'm not talking about the police, those authorities. I'm talking about the authority the author, the authority, and the finisher of our faith about Jesus Christ. After three days and three nights, the Bible said in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 66, they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone. They put that seal and setting a watch, and they put Roman soldiers there. And then after three days and three nights, it says in Matthew 28 and verse 2, there was a great earthquake. And the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And I like this. And sat upon it. I can just see the angel of the Lord just crossing his arms, say, trying to knock me off. You ever play King of the Hill? You try to knock someone off the hill. The angel of the Lord. And it said the Roman soldiers became as dead men. And they just fainted away. But the Bible says that Jesus came alive. And he walked out of that tomb. And that seal of authority was broken from Rome. Now I'm not talking about the authority of Rome. And I'm not talking about trying to deny the authority of your government or anything like that. I'm talking about a spiritual authority. That there's a spiritual authority of the, of the enemy that Jesus came to break in our lives. The Bible says that sin shall no longer have dominion over you. That, that in, by design, depression, sadness, uh, bad luck, whatever you say, God comes to break the seal. Say, preacher, but I just can't get a break. What you do is you need a break. <laughs> you need God to break you. 
and say, God, I'm going to be broken. God, my heart's going to be broken for you. My heart's going to be broken for souls. But also my spiritual authority. Authority, you know, the greatest spiritual authority really that we need to break is ourself. The devil can't make us do anything. <laughs> he can't. The devil never made me do anything. He just put something out and I wanted to do it. Guess what? And I did it. He can't make us. He can just tempt us, right? But really, that when Jesus broke that seal, the authority of Rome, he was breaking the authority of me. And you know, God, break the authority of me, that I can have your authority. Break the authority of the enemy, that I can have peace in Christ. Break the authority. And you know what? When we tell him, God, I'm giving you power. See, God, God will knock at the door, but he will not break it down. He will not. God will knock and he'll speak. And if we open the door, if we break the seal, that God will come in. You know what? It said he'll come in and he'll sup with us. It said, preacher, what if I don't have any food? Bread and fish were upon the fire. God can bring it. God can bring his blessings. God can bring his goodness. And God uses broken things. With heads bowed and eyes closed in reverence to the Lord, God use me and if you pray that prayer God will use you and you say I'm going to use you and I'm going to break off your sins by righteousness say God go ahead break them off God I'm going to use you God said I'm going to use you but the greatest thing is not that God uses us there was a man that said God use me use me And God cried from heaven and spoke to the man and said, use me, use me. Because you see, if we use the power of Jesus Christ, that's what we need. If we use the goodness of Jesus Christ, that's what we need. And if we allow God to break that authority, that seal in our life, and let us out of darkness and into his marvelous light, he'll do that. God breaks things and God makes what he breaks. He takes what he breaks and he makes something of it. God, use me. And he'll say, yes, use me.